0: Welcome to the Board Game Snobs podcast. Critically harsh reviews
1: with a touch of class.
0: Do the intro, Enrique.
1: Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Board Game Snobs. It's me, your boy. Bring the energy. What energy?
0: Just energy. Very oh. chill and relax.
1: Yeah.
0: Don't chill and relax,
1: bring no, the energy.
2: I know. Uh, I'm Chilling. Th- I said he said it very he sounds very chill and relaxed. Why are you chilled
0: and relaxed?
1: I just like chilling and relaxed. He's been That's smoking
0: doobies off in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know what that is. Tell him what podcast this is.
1: Um what's board game Welcome back to Board Game Snobs, guys.
0: Don't be rubbing on the table like that. I don't why you're massaging the table?
1: Because it needs to be massaged. We abuse it all the time.
0: I don't abuse this table. You I love you this do table.
1: Too.
2: Yes, you. We do. all treat it very well, except for Ruben and Christy, who spilled wine on my table, and we still have yet to get my purple mat washed. Which I think basically I just need to take it outside onto the carport and scrub it with some soap and water and warrant it off. And but it was a pain. It, it like it, it's super hard to un- This table is built like a freaking tank. I would have to. I don't, It's yeah. It's a, We're going to be with this black mat for a while. Just get used to it. I like it. It didn't bother me. Oh, okay. Well, you're the one that requested the
0: purple one. I like everything to be purple. I do, but I don't mind it. It doesn't bother what me. What about
2: purple nurples?
0: I don't mm. even know what that is.
2: No, no, purple. Yeah, come
0: here it. and I'll show you. No, tell me. no. <laughs> it's
2: when you pinch the nipple and twist it. They call them purple narples. You never heard it called that? Rique. Enrique.
1: Enrique? Like, that, that's
0: basically. T- have you heard of that, Enrique? You're talking about titty twister. Have you? Well, you can't say that. Yes, you can. That's <laughs> anonymical t- correct. Anonymical? Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. I'm anonymical <laughs> correct. <laughs> I'm oh, all about
2: anonymical correctness. Enrique, check him out. Make sure. I'd rather so not. listen, and then twist. This nope. is
0: the board game snobs podcast. This is a podcast solely related to the discussion of board games. We'd
2: Absolutely, one hundred percent dedicated to board games and board games alone. And I don't want to hear nothing else.
0: We're not here to talk about memories. We're here to talk about uh,
2: memories. All alone <laughs> in the milk light. Interesting.
0: That was good. It was.
2: Um. Board Game Snobs is going to have a fantasy football league. If you would like to be part of said league, we're going to have 12 teams. We are one team, Board Game Snobs. Tyler from Chicagoland is team number two. So basically we have openings for 10 more teams. Editor-in-chief Gabby here coming at you from the future. Um, We're down to three teams now. So three open spots. So if you're interested, let us know quickly. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you would like to be involved in a Fantasy Football League where you can play with the snobs and their listeners, email boardgamesnobs at gmail.com. I'm sure we will get maybe one or two people that would be interested. If so, it's still first come, first serve. I would like you to be interested and dedicated to your team. There's nothing that sucks worse in fantasy football than when you get a person, yeah, I'll play, and then they don't make adjustments to their team thereby guaranteeing somebody a win some week because they have zero starters. It's fantasy football talk. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it, don't worry about it. We want people that actually want to play and adjust their lineups every week. If you want to do that, please get in touch with us, gmail.com. Tyler from Chicagoland has a league set up. I will send you the link. I will send him your email, and you can play in a 12-team half PPR league, it's very fun. PPR. Let us know points per reception.
0: Oh, hmm. so yeah, okay. I, I don't right. know anything about fantasy football. I know you at don't watch football.
2: I don't. At least we're learning about. But, football.
0: We're learning about but I. Players. You're
2: still talking about Aikman and Irvin.
0: I like both of them. <laughs> Dion Sanders. There
2: you go. Neon Dion. Uh, ooh,
0: the. Rocket? I think he te- teaches high school football somewhere. Rocket Man Ishmael. Uh, yeah. So football's that's in September though.
2: September, but we need to get it set up beforehand because the draft will be the week before the actual league uh, league starts the official schedule.
0: that sounds thrilling. I'm thrilled for all y'all. You should be. It's very fun. It's very exciting. I'm glad I'm on the team. I love fantasy football. I'm glad I'm on the team. Put me in the game, coach. Team Snobadillo. That's us. Rudy. Yeah. Whatever happened, I read Rudy, he was the guy that wanted to play the football game. They wouldn't let him, and then they let him, and then he, like, did really good for a minute.
2: Uh, the, from what I have heard, the movie, like, way overdid the actual story yeah. and had nothing to do. With, I mean, yeah. Wow. But that's, that's most movies, right? Have they ever made a movie of The Night Witches? The, the, the Night Witches?
0: witches? <laughs> hey, in unison. Good job, guys. Have you never heard of The Night Witches, Jerry? That sounds familiar for some reason. Are those the uh, the fighter pilots, mm-hmm. yes. the female fighter yes. pilots?
2: A World War II German nickname for the all female military aviators of the fine 588th Night Bomber Regiment of the Soviet Air Forces. Women, basically, very, it said in their late teens and early 20s that wanted to fight in World War II. Marina Raskova used her position and personal contacts with Joseph Stalin to obtain permission for female combat units. They used basically crop dusters. So they were Russians, not Germans. Well, they were called the Night Witches by the Germans. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. you got me confused there. Because they would kill their engines and glide in. And they because of the... They were literally like using the worst planes that, at you know... The the guys had all the good planes, the Ford Pintos. So they had the Ford Pinto of uh, the biplanes and triplanes, the crop dusters, and they said they could only carry two bombs. So they would come. They would sometimes run eighteen missions a night, drop two bombs, fly back, pick up two more. They would kill their engines and just coast in, (laughs) drop their bombs, and the the Germans said it sounded like. Witches on brooms swooping in the night And they were very Very successful in what they did Hmm. It's a very fascinating story There's a drunk history on it if you would like to watch it I'll watch
0: that Quite
2: quite humorous (laughs) I think uh, Jessica McKenna is the one that does it it was very interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, they never make movies about stuff that's interesting. I was like, I was like, surely there's a movie about this, no. and I searched. I was like, I don't see a movie about the night witches. The like this all female, only female, like the first females to ever fight in armed combat. You know, of modern era. Michael Bay, get on it, man. He should. In a world <laughs> with night witches.
0: That would be a good one. It
2: sounds like it's incredible. Maybe I
0: should do it. You could do it. I don't know who you would be. Uh, Are you just going to put on a wig? I'll be Marina. Be Marina. (laughs) Straighten up and see? No, that's German. That's German. (laughs) You could be the German, uh, the other bombing. So you could be the the German. The bomb? The German. (laughs) Yes. The German commander. Bang me up. Oh, wow. No, they never make good movies about anything historical. They always focus on, and if they do, they always ruin it. They always miss the point, or they change the, well, it's like U-571. You remember that? with Matthew McConaughey yes. and B- John Bon Jovi. Yes. Uh, that like I don't know why John Bon Jovi was in it and he's in it for like 5 minutes. Uh, he was living on a prayer. Well, he got hit by a piece of metal <laughs> like 5 minutes in. He literally walks in, says hello to Matthew McConaughey, and then the next scene is him dying. It's like it was like the worst like, Did he go out in a blaze of glory? No, he got hit with like... a. He was shot through the heart? No, he got hit with a piece of metal. <laughs> like literally he's standing on the deck of the submarine. The other submarine blows up and he's talking to Matthew McConaughey and they all duck and he doesn't duck. And something <sighs> literally hits him. Like there's this hilariously funny scene that shouldn't be funny, of John Bon Jovi just sitting there, and what it looks like, uh, like a sewer cover comes flying, it just hits him, and he just goes ah, and just falls off the submarine.
2: <laughs> so did he not see it coming? I no. mean, how did everybody else see it coming? and He didn't. Well, Matthew McConaughey knew it was coming. Was he pointed the wrong way? No, he just he just did. <laughs> like everyone's facing their proper direction, he's like the one guy talking to everybody. They all duck, he's like, why is everybody ducking? No, Bam. It, was the,
0: uh, it was the and the look on Matthew McConaughey's face. You know, anytime they do something like that, they have to cut to another actor to get their like their their look. Right. And Matthew McConaughey, who it's billed that like Bon Jovi is his best friend, and his look of surprise is all that he gets. That's it. Like he never speaks of him again.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying Bon Jovi and Matthew McConaughey? Are Germans in this
0: movie? No, no, no. They're Americans. But historically, they should have been British. But Matthew couldn't do a British accent. (laughs) What? No. So they make it into being Americans sneaking aboard a a German submarine that's been disabled so that they could steal the Enigma.
2: What's the Enigma?
0: You don't know about the Enigma machine? No, you don't know about the Enigma machine.
2: Uh, you didn't know about Night Witches. I don't know about I the Enigma machine. I told you about machine. Night you, you, It vague was a vague memory.
0: Well, I vaguely remember Enigma machine. Go ahead. Okay, the Enigma machine was the German um, uh, code machine that they would use that kept all their codes from being like unbreakable until uh, the Turing machines were created. The guy who created computers there in Britain, and so he kind of cracked the code.
2: But before that was a uh, Cumberbatch.
0: Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Actual British person. Mm -hmm. But before that, they were trying to steal the Enigma machine so they could study it. And so that was the thing, is that they had to steal the Enigma machine. So there were several units that had stolen various versions of the Enigma machine throughout World War II.
2: Was the Enigma machine like a guy dressed in a weird suit with a big question mark on him? It was a typewriter. Enigma?
0: No, it's just a typewriter
2: that's a type of enigma machine mm-hmm. we don't we don't know how to operate it <laughs> well, that's
0: basically what it is it was a typewriter that when you hit this very is there return when you hit this one button it, it you hit a letter it typed a different letter it was a code It was a code and you had set it and it was like what impossible. do you call that when
2: like you know when you're kids you're like square triangle plus equals abc that's like called a thing
0: yeah i can't remember what it's some called some sort of
2: code it's like a know. decoder ring that's very important in old by the way
0: Mm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't want to go see that show because I don't want to be let down. Should have yeah, Sh- uh, I mean,
2: it the end the, the twist is sucks, but it is highly entertaining. You oh. want some weird laughs? That's the movie to go see. <laughs> some dark laughs. laughs. I like
0: some. Uh, uh, I hate it when a show though is supposed to be serious, but it, you end up, it end up being
2: there. It's like.
0: Overly dramatic. Look, it, it, Rufus
2: Sewell—is it Sewell or Sewell? Sewell. Rufus Sewell is just gold as usual, but it was so—it oh was so wild. It was a wild movie. I'm glad I went to see it just because it was very entertaining. But in a actual technical sense, it was not good. But I enjoyed it.
0: Oh, there you go. It's fine. You can, as long as you enjoyed it. Uh, do you have any other banter before we move on to? what I was going to talk about. I can talk to Enrique for a moment. Enrique, Enrique. A go idea. ahead. What you got going on? Nothing. Well, oh, this was a bomb. Yes.
2: <laughs> Dub bomb dropped by the night witches.
1: Ah, uh, buns. <laughs> oh no.
0: You are uh currently not interesting. Yeah, no, no. You're always not interesting. But right now, you're not doing anything. You have not done anything of interest here lately. Of as of late, sadly, no. No interesting excursions.
1: <sighs> sadly, no. N- not so far, anyways. So,
0: so you've not had any fun experiences. No, nothing. This just life work. Is just, but you just work. Yeah, work. Do you know any funny jokes? Have you ever heard me? I well jokes? no, that's why I was asking. I thought to myself the other day, I've never heard you tell a funny story. Like I, it's just it's never happened. I know. So why is that? Are you anti funny? Are you the straight man? Is what yeah, I'm getting at. Are straight. you the Jerry Seinfeld of this group? Yeah, basically.
2: Okay, now you're constantly talking about Jerry Seinfeld, but you have said repeatedly you like the show Seinfeld, right? You've said that to me.
0: I have, yeah. Okay. But I don't like Jerry Seinfeld. You don't like his
2: stand-up, but you like his show.
0: Yeah, I don't like... Let me backtrack this. Okay. I don't like his stand-up. I don't think he's funny. I think he was perfect in Seinfeld because he was the straight man that everybody could bounce off of. Like, he needed... He he didn't need to be over... uh, When you watch Seinfeld, that's what's charming about it is him and everybody around him and everything that's going on, he's not particularly funny. It's those around him that really add to it. But you need a straight man in in films like that. You need somebody that you can... Well, you can't have everybody being crazy. Well, I guess... You, that just makes no sense. Well, yeah, it's, well I don't tell that to Sunny in Philadelphia. You can pull it off. But it's just hard. It This works better when you have that one straight guy for which... You, well, look at uh, Unrested Development. Arrested Development, Unrested, Unrested. They got no sleep. They've got they got let out. They got uh. Anyways, but yeah, too much caffeine. Oh, what's his face? He's a funny guy, but in that show he was the straight Bateman? man. Yeah, Bateman. He's yeah. a funny guy, but in that show he was the straight no, man. No, he usually plays the.
2: I mean, you can still be the straight man and be funny with your reactions to what is going on being humorous. I think that's what Jason Bateman's most of his career is. He plays the straight man, but it's his. Weird reactions to what is this crazy person doing? That is humorous. I guess I don't like reactionary humor. I what like kind di- of concert only costs forty five cents?
0: A Nickelback.
2: Oh, a fifty cent concert
0: featuring Nickelback. Yeah, that—that that was your joke. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell by that cricket, it's ninety seven degrees outside because you oh, just that's count right. the cricks. And that was on our Denver podcast. At seventy six degrees, but I don't. But this may come out before the Denver podcast. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Denver was on the show. That was nice.
2: Very nice. Very Denver nice. and Joe G. Joe G. is a Enrique. You yes. have one mega fan in Joe G. Oh really?
0: Like literally, he's probably one of three fans that you <laughs> have. You should. You,
2: him, Christian, and Frankie. And I don't even think they listen to the show anymore. So no, they
0: don't even really like you that much. But yeah, Joe G is the guy. He's the reason why you're even on this show <laughs> because he was the one that started the uh, email campaign for you to be on the show. Oh, like the one time you were on. They keep having you back. So you should thank Joe G. When we start our Patreon and we do that intermediate backer level where they pledge so much a month. And then you'll do a shout out, a personally recorded shout out. That's what we'll do. The first one you need to do is be the Joe G.
2: I had a crazy dream last night. What's that? I was swimming in an orange ocean of orange soda. Turns out it was just a fantasy.
0: Where are you getting these crappy jokes from? <laughs> but why are you why are you insistent on on crappy jokes?
2: They are almost professional level comedians. Well, that was beforehand. (laughs) He said it.
0: You've gone downhill. He said it. Well, I don't know.
2: You've done nothing but speak in monotone this entire show so far. Why don't you kick it up? Where is your energy? Uh, you come back and listen to this. You're going to realize I was speaking in monotone the whole time, Enrique. What have you been up to? What's wrong with speaking in monotone? No, that is a that Monitone? was a crappy money 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 money. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with speaking in a monotone? Oh, it's very good for uh, sleep purposes. Are oh. you ready to go to bed? Just let Jerry talk to you. Well, your your jokes are not hitting. All right, head. we'll go. Well, what? You said, do I got any banter? Alright, it's been a few minutes, go ahead About what? I brought up Night Witches, I've said two hilarious jokes You went to Enrique, which was nearly put me to sleep Just sitting here suffering through that I was terrible suffering. back I was, and forth Enrique suffering. said nothing, Enrique was suffering He was on the spot, didn't know what to say He's been up to nothing but work He's worked
1: his last few weeks of, How many I, hours a week do you work? Three uh, Let's see uh, I worked mainly all all month last month, and I've been working at least ha- the entire
2: month. Uh, I need to yes. know, how many hours a day, how many days of week a do you sweatshop. work? Oh, he works in a sweatshop. That
0: explains the no sleeves. He's <laughs> very
2: warm.
1: No, that it varies. it varies.
2: Okay, can you give me an estimate on any week ever?
1: Uh, probably our regular... Hours would be probably, let's see, we start somewhere around nine. We can usually finish around six, seven.
2: Around okay, nine. so nine to five would be eight hours. I'm sure you take a lunch break. So if you work nine to six, that's oh, an eight-hour shift.
1: No no lunch break.
2: Okay, so you work a nine-hour shift. Yeah. Okay, how many days a week do you do that?
1: Uh, that all depends on whoever calls and my father schedules. On average? Uh, probably day there's usually maybe three two to three jobs and for the week we probably have around eight to ten jobs
2: okay can you quantify that into hours in a week he is there any way, cannot. No. Why is there any way that you can quantify that into
1: how many hours do you work in a week I, I I don't add up my hours
0: He just knows you, he, you, he, you, he just knows
1: he's tired just mind-boggling I, to I just know I work
0: <laughs> Oh my god That it is mind boggling to me He gets his, it gets his check and it just says work <laughs> And there's money. It, just had, it doesn't even have a number oh on it. My it's just dollar like size. I've, I've
1: never had to keep track of my, my hours.
2: But you and, can't even like think back to last week and said, okay, let's see. I think Saturday I, we worked about eight hours. And then Wednesday, I think we worked about like eight hours. It sounds like you're being
0: cheated. You need to unionize. Like
2: so do you think you work 16 hours a week? You work more, more or less. Le- I, I was setting the bar 16 hours a week, more or less.
1: Varies, varies. Uh, but if, if if you were asking on like average <laughs> on your busiest week on my busy probably more if it was okay if it was the bus- busiest twenty four hours. Yeah, Enrique doesn't have
0: twenty four con- hours. Enrique okay. doesn't have a concept of time. Get to your point. I'm just curious. You're
2: asking Enrique questions, Enrique. and he's like, "I've been working." I want to know exactly how much time in your life of the past month or so since we've talked to you last, have you been working? Because your concept of time obviously is skewed. You don't understand how time works. So I'm wondering, you say I've been working. I think that's probably true to a very small degree. The rest of your time is basically spent playing video games and eating chicken nuggets. Why? Am I or am I not correct sir? Why are you shaming him? I am
0: not shaming you're him, shaming I just him. want to know. As his representative. <laughs> the council as speaks. His counsel, as his representative. I think that you're being too hard on Enrique. I'm asking questions. Well, I how th- old are you? Don't answer that. <laughs> don't answer that matter of fact Enrique don't answer anything until we've we've, we've determined why he's so hostile you're treating this witness hostile hostile Hostile. you're treating him very hostile may I
2: approach the bench
0: no you cannot approach the bench
2: what do you get paid in an hourly
0: wage none of your business (laughs) not with us there's no need to respond to that first off he is he is he is reimbursed in connection with his skill and talent times the time he spends on the job.
2: What is your job when you're at your job? You are
1: a technician. Uh, he told you that, didn't he? No, no. no. No, no, no. You said technician. So you, no. hate you. I what? I, I, hate, you oh, I see, hate you for that. I hate you for that. He
0: hates you. I'm your counselor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm so so oh, do you, okay. So and you're saying he?
2: I'm supposing that refers to your father. No comment. So your father has told Jerry something that you now hate Jerry for. No,
1: it, it's mainly a just like a little joke. He's getting under your skin.
0: <laughs> Technicians have to have thick so skin. <laughs>
1: You're a floor technician? Uh, no, it, it's I'm mainly the 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 gopher, of the technician, the, the gopher technician. <laughs> you are
0: the runner. For Do a- you operate any machinery? Yes, heavy. It's very heavy. He's a how heavy, much does it weigh? Heavy technician, machinery technician,
2: hundred and fifty pounds.
1: Not hundred and
2: fifty pounds. The floor sweeper, right?
1: Yeah, I would say that thing It's a waxer. And it waxes on. It, we and have a scrubber, we have a buffer. Does it
2: go one way to wax on and another way to wax off? Correct.
0: <laughs> Interesting. It does. You remove wax before you put old wax well, and new j- wax yeah, on. Yeah, you have to
1: remove the, the old when wax. When
2: it goes on, is it yes. clockwise? Clockwise. Yeah, clockwise and counterclockwise. And off, off, it's counterclockwise. You, you would know
0: this if you were a technician.
2: I don't need to be. I've seen Karate Kid. <laughs>
0: Enrique, there's no need to go down this anymore. It's obvious that all your questions are asked in bad form. Leading
1: the witness? You're leading the <laughs> witness. Is. This is probably the most interesting thing that's happened over well, the
0: world. Oh. We've had For
1: you, personally? Yeah, like,
2: I'm... I'm See, you're welcome. No. I have asked him engaging questions that he himself has. I have engaged his brain. He's been in a zombie like state up until this point. He has not been aware of time. It's true. <laughs> and he's just, he has been operating a machine, fetching items without any concept of how long this has gone on.
0: Yes, you blink and your life is over.
2: <laughs> it's fine. Okay, when you're not working, what are you engaged in?
1: Nothing. Like if you were to ask me what I've been doing all week, I would say nothing. We just did. Like what you? Okay, but when you imply when you say
2: nothing, okay, most people say, "Oh, okay, not well, nothing." We, so you're just sitting there watching TV. Yeah. What are
0: you doing? You just watching just, TV. He doesn't yeah. watch TV. You don't watch TV. You don't watch TV, do you?
1: Now, that we think, well, it depends on. In what context? Okay, of, so of give us context.
0: TV. What is your context of watching TV?
1: Well, if you were to, like, like general TV, like cable TV, I don't watch cable TV Yeah, you're not watching CNN. No
2: one watches cable TV yeah. anymore. You're not, you're not watching yeah, No Ellen. one watches cable TV. Nobody has cable anymore. We've yeah. all cut the cord. You're yeah.
0: watching Netflix. What yeah, type of anime? Just Netflix. like my father
2: did when I was born.
0: Anime are you watching? Anime? Hmm. You know you watch it.
2: I'm on the very last episode of Avatar, even though it's not anime, but it's anime-inspired. Yeah, Airbender. excellent
1: show, Airbender. I got got uh, the last Windbreaker. Got, got into Crunchyroll actually on <laughs> cu- uh, a Crunchyroll.
2: Cu- yeah, I've heard I've heard that's got some good stuff on
1: it.
0: Crunchyroll,
2: yeah. it's got lots of anime and
1: stuff on it. Oh yeah, mm, no, I, I, you wouldn't like it. Bobby might like I've, it. The, just all, in the, a way.
0: the closest anime that I've the halfway like is that uh what's that space cowboy bebop bebop
1: you know what i wanted to watch that it's very stylish that seems like it's very stylish
0: it's very stylish i'm impressed with it and i've only been like the first five or six episodes and already it's it's very i everyone talked about it being ahead of its time and it is like it's something that i enjoy and i do not like anime i want to watch that though
2: i watched the first couple episodes the first episode ends i'm like oh they got real Yeah, it's like it's like Firefly. (laughs) I did not expect. Wow, I thought everything's going to work out all right. It's a cartoon, but bam, no, she dead. Spoiler alert. It's like there's blood everywhere. Yeah.
0: Oh, thanks for that. Well, Enrique, uh, I think Mm -hmm. what we need to do is get you another hobby to get your mind engaged. Something that
2: we need you to, at some point, be able to quantify the amount of time you spend in areas of your life, at least. On a weekly basis. Well,
1: we don't need that, really. No,
2: I want, him, for his own good, he needs that. For life purposes. Well, we're not, well, we're if, not here for no, his good. No, if I was to
1: quantify the time that I was to spend in a certain area, I would be worrying about that all the time. Well, here's the thing. What we're trying well, to say that's is... That's life! <laughs> How old are you, 22? 21. Yeah, uh... Almost twenty-two. Mm. A Couple more, maybe a week or two. And, you, and how many days is are in a week? <laughs> Thanks. Seven. You go. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh, you did
0: it. Oh, water on that burn. There's um. No, no. I think that we
2: need to have. The no, list. I don't mean to sound like we're talking down to Enrique. No, no, we no, know. I no, know. Fine. You know, know how many days there are in a week. I'm, I, I'm just being no, facetious. That, that was just a legitimate fine. question. Uh, and, and besides, how <laughs> many how many days in a year, Enrique? Do you know?
1: How many days in a year? Yes. I think it's 368, right? Yeah, 368. <laughs> 24-7, 368. That's us, baby. Three hundred and sixty five. When you're giving a oh.
0: but no. Unless there's a leap no, here. Wait. When you give 110%. <laughs> it's 360. <here.
2: laughs> uh, you're very close. You were three days off. That's okay. okay. Three I'll give you three days, Grace. <laughs> if I had a song queued up from them, I'd play it right
0: now. Oh <laughs> boy. Um, we need the listeners to send in suggestions for your new hobby, whether it be a wow. book you need to read or... Do you
1: enjoy reading?
0: Books. Do you enjoy reading books?
1: Actually, didn't you get me into Jurassic, Jurassic, Jurassic Park? Yes. Like, I didn't <laughs> we, read... We've
2: covered this we, one book no, that he's
1: read. Hey,
0: Jurassic no, like, Park is deep. No.
1: <laughs> and, and, he, and it's kind of funny because I didn't... When he gave me the book, I didn't read it for like a year. I didn't even start on the book. And then when he asked me, "Did I ever read it?" I was like, "No, I haven't even read it like at all."
2: You know, I can't. I, it took me six months to read Dean, so it's okay. So we can get you started on something. So we either need a book. Do you have a? Do you have an interest like that? You think? Is there a book that you think you'd like to read next?
1: Ooh, I have no suggestion, Like nothing. Well,
0: then that's what we need. We need people to send in their suggestions. And we will seek out. And here's what we'll do. We'll do a new segment where Enrique gives us updates on whatever he's reading. We need a book. We're going to give you a book report. And
2: so quickly, he's going to discover Cliff's notes. Cliff. Is that still a thing? Yes. And now, uh, Who was Cliff? I don't was know. it a guy named Cliff making notes?
0: I'm pretty sure it was. It's a dude that read all the time. And
2: he's like, hey. Gives this to his buddy. Hey, he passes them on. These are Cliff's notes. It could be. Is it Cliff notes it's, or Cliffs? It's notes? Cliffs. Like it's his. Like they're notes. his. They're his. Hey, these are these. Are, remember that guy, Cliff? Yeah, Clifford. These are his notes. Clifford's notes. The big red dog. Remember the big red dog? These are his notes. <laughs> they're making a live.
0: They're it's making a, a live
2: action. I think they that. pushed it back, which they need to. And nobody, the, nobody, just stop. Daniel Day Lewis is going to be Clifford. <laughs> just stop. He's going to get really into it. Mm-hmm. Doing method acting. <laughs>
1: doing no, he just walks fine. around on all fours barking. barking. <laughs> no, he'll be fine. Probably. Making
2: <laughs> dog puns. <laughs> <laughs> this job is rough. <laughs> we're looking for the man that shot my paw.
0: That's a good one. That's a classic. That's a classic. Oh, man. Are we ready? They to- are almost professional level comedians. <laughs> oh, Dan Hughes. Dan Hughes. When are going to have Dan on again? I don't know. I have Anything. Richard lined up. Simpson?
2: He says he's ready to go. <sighs> Uh, ben Maddox said, "Just let him know." Uh, ben coming on. So last I, time I want, I, I want to have both of them on at the same time. What well, deal is, is? I
0: kind of bombed last time we We're going. We're going to do like Zoom, and I'm just going to like surprise them. Hey, y'all are both on at the same time. I was sick when we went on Ben show, and so it was like kind of bombed. So yeah, we need to have Richard. That was a long time I know. ago. What are I, you talking? I was about? disappointed. Um, that was
2: before he came on our show.
0: I know. I was disappointed because I was sick. It like bombed for me. I was like, oh no. Uh, you gotta be in a particular mood i know so we need to get tricky you're very you're very very sensitive ben the maddox on here ben be great we should do that yes make that happen
2: (laughs) okay done do it well he's busy doing a play right now do it and he's posting all these pictures of him in this play apparently he's been punched in the face because he's got you know bandages on his eyes and nose He's in a play in Germany, Berlin.
0: Mm. He's an actor. Did you know that? I knew that. <laughs> I knew he was Shakespearean. Yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. To, I've been trying to book more people on the show, in case you haven't noticed.
0: and, and Because
2: so, of our lack of Enrique.
0: And so far, yes. we haven't been able to get anybody involved in board gaming, so we've just been having our fans we come just, on. We
2: just have people come on.
0: Which has been working out fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I
2: love it. So, Enrique.
0: So, listen. Yeah. This, I've had a
2: drop for you. Hello there. Drop. Hello there. Hello there. I play that when you're not here. That's like, I, we feel the essence of Enrique when you're not here, because we miss you when you're not you're here. You're Obi-Wan. Hello there. When you're doing a a, a tough eight-hour work week, we, we try to have your you here in spirit. <laughs> then you go home to the the fam and, you know, the, the Mass Effect 3. He's got
0: five cats.
2: Five uh, eight. cats. Eight cats! Yeah, we, A baker's appearing. dozen!
1: I don't know how they're appearing. They just appear out of nowhere.
2: You have a clatter of cats at your house now.
1: He's stealing cats, I think. I think you're I, stealing no, cats. I can't steal cats. Are you catnapping? No, I can't catnap. Why not? Because I don't do anything. That's true.
0: That I was as close as to a joke as we're going to get.
2: <laughs> how can you not catnap so when, you, when you don't do anything? So,
0: with... Uh, Anybody who's a listener who wants to come on the show, just send in your resume.
2: But we've... Now, hold on. We've had people that are interesting. Don Gilstrap, a game designer, Don Gilstrap. That's why I said resume. And I want to have a copy of Backyard Chicken. I think that would be a very nice game for my family, Deck Builder. But it started Uh, in August. We had it on um, Sheer Boredom, Roberto. YouTube, Instagram, famous. Who else do we have on? Denva. Denva. Now, that, look. is that yet? Because I don't know when this will be released, but either yes, she was great, or Denva will be a very interesting listen. A professor, an art historian, has a doctorate. Doctor Denva. Doctor Denva.
0: So yeah. So if you have something that you're got a doctorate and in, her husband Joe. Joe. He job. was there too. He screws in light bulbs. <laughs> um yeah, so send in your CV to BoardGameSnobs at com. We might let you on the show. What does CV mean? It's a Latin term for something for, uh, Demo would know. But basically, it's not your resume, like your work history. It's Your CV encompasses more than that. It's like your personality oh, and the various other accomplishments that you might have had outside of secular work huh. and gainful employment. CV. Mine would be rather empty. Yes,
1: much like your soul. Anyways, oh, we- and send in some hobbies that that could make me more interesting.
0: Yes, there's a lot. Yes, hobbies and books, hobbies and books. or things you think Enrique should just do. Hobbies and books. We should make another
2: podcast. Hobbies and books.
0: About what? Just hobbies and books. Things, I, think,
2: I think it's the name speaks for itself. Hobbies and books. It's like <laughs> welcome to hobbies and books. We're gonna talk today about.
0: You never crocheting. Way. What it could be is though is that there's two guys. One of them name is Hobbies, and the other last guy's name is Books, and they just talk about random <laughs> things. full people. No, it's it.
2: like something completely off kilter, yeah. like vinyl records. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Don Hobby, and this is Dan Books. We're really into vinyl records. <laughs> We have thousands of vinyl records, and that's like all they talk about. And nobody can. No eight track cassettes. Eight-track. Nobody thinks. Like, when are eight tracks going to be cool again? The vinyl records came back. When are eight tracks going to be cool Anybody again? Anybody ever
0: remember Donovan? Start playing
2: Atlantis. And he has to push the. You know. The, you remember those hard buttons on the eight tracks that go to the them next out, song? Pop out.
0: Yes. Oh, it's awful. Oh, uh, uh,
2: the 8-tracks. I thought they were advanced for the day. They were. Because it's like, I don't like this song. Clank, next song comes on. It may be a few seconds into the next song. But, but it
0: worked. That was, the, that was the technology in the day.
2: Uh interesting. Uh, I haven't thought about 8-tracks in a long time. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> they're
2: along the lines of the... Remember the big laser disc? I do, but I never... I didn't, They're like the I, size of a record, but that was like the... The instead of a VHS cassette,
0: yeah. you'd have this thin record-sized disc you slide into the player. I remember, like when in, in terms of computers, nostalgia, like the floppy disks, the big ones. Never the had big. That. You don't remember the big ne- floppy? I never disc? had that problem. They were in there like this, and a you, flaccid disc. Yes, yeah, a flaccid disc. So you had the floppy disk, and then after that, they went to the actual discs drives, hmm. and that was like a big jump.
2: Yeah, I remember those. Those like they're like they were like. Three and a half or yeah, something. Yeah. No, five. They had the big one. They're usually black. Yeah. And then they went to the, like the little blue yep. cartridges. Yes. That
0: was back in the day. Back in the old school. Now we don't even have We're such, aging ourselves. Don't even have to. Enrique,
2: any. say something hip and cool for the kids.
0: Yeah. No, oh God. no, oh God. that was the worst ever. This is why your generation's doomed.
2: Well, yeah, obviously. It's, uh, not,
0: it's not, not global that? warming that's going to Are you, you into
2: modern music? Enrique, we have you here for the youth of our listeners. We're trying to draw in the 18 to 24 crowd because that's the demographic we need
0: the most. You're supposed to be the youth of the You're nation. You're supposed
2: to draw them in. What's POD? hip and cool?
1: be honest i don't know Uh, enrique's Uh,
0: not hip and cool uh, enrique is fringe i'm asking the wrong person he's goth you're not even goth
1: no it's it's like a hollow person a hollow man yeah hollow man
0: kevin bacon
1: (laughs) yeah that sounds about right
0: you are not kevin bacon obviously I don't know where I'm going with this. Other than the you fact don't... that you are exceedingly boring today, <laughs> uh, and this is this is just is
2: exceedingly a word
0: incessantly yes. yeah. boring, Ancestuous. incestuously boring. That's what you are. You and your family are all <laughs> incestuously boring. I yeah. want to talk about something that is also seemingly boring. Cargo and
1: now a hard merge into board games.
0: Cargo from the Crescent City which is mm, Nolins. Uh Jason Dinger is the designer of Crescent City Cargo. Now we met Jason Dinger, Mr. Dinger. Uh he gave us wooden, he gave us things, didn't he? He, he gave, gave
2: us uh, some wooden card holders and a wooden die rolling box. What you want to call that?
0: uh dice tray dice tray there you go yes. the i die, die, actually like die rolling box better it's a box that you put dice in close it shake it and open it up and be like aha there you, there you go die rolling box anyway so we we've met the designer of this game he is the designer of another game that i never heard of uh captains of the gulf for which I also have a copy of it. We haven't got played. Well, we had heard of it,
2: haven't played it. I never heard of it, uh, Chris. You've heard of it. When are you saying? You haven't heard of it? I'm pretty sure I haven't heard of it. You're lying right now. I don't know if I've heard. You're of being it. facetious. How dare you? For podcasting purposes, How dare we you? have played Captain. You I've have never we played Captain. We football. went to BGG, checked it out. You read the rule book, and I think you may have even told Jason you the rule book's a little difficult. But I would like to play this game, and we have not yet played it. I rec- but you bought it because it was involved with this game, Crescent City Cargo. You actually wanted Captains of the Gulf. This just happens to be a bonus. L- lo and lo- lo- behold,
0: here it is. I recall none of this. This is made by Spielworks and Stronghold Games. It was a Kickstarter just come out. Crescent City Cargo, two to four players. Plays about an hour. It is a Rondale game. That's my boy. So... Let me do my one-minute little brief rundown of this. Number one, in this game, you are basically people trying to ship cargo. And you ship cargo and get money. And money is victory points. And so there's these two big rondelles. One's this little guy that goes around the warehouse picking up these cubes. There's like five different color cubes that represent... uh, Three different types of food materials and two different types of building materials. You go around that rondelle picking up those cubes and putting them in your trucks. These trucks are these little cards that are next to your player board. Your truck can only hold either foodstuffs or work materials, uh, building material stuff. So you can't put your bricks in with your wheat type thing. And then you're utilizing these trucks to deliver them through three different types of shipping. You can either put them in shipping containers, you can put them on actual ships... Or you can put them on trains, and that's the game, and that's the Rondelle down the bottom, where you're moving another guy around and putting these cubes on these various areas. You have your own little player board where you hire your workers, and then you have these little tracks that you utilize these materials to kind of upgrade your actions, because this is what this game is kind of is. You select from about eight different actions, and those actions are generally getting cubes, delivering cubes, moving up on tracks, hiring workers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And every time that you have to deliver something, you have to take one of your little workers and put them on that location. And so, when that happens, that uh, when that happens, uh, you, you have to lose a worker sometimes. And so, it's kind of a weird little mechanic there with that worker placement aspect of it. Long story short, Crescent City Cargo is a Rondale, which I don't like. Uh, I think Rondales are kind of a, a boring mechanic. There's like one Rondale game.
2: He's a, here we go. Just, uh, you, this is this is a cliche Jerry at this point in time. What's cliche? Yeah, it, yeah. Pick a mechanic. You don't like it, but you like it on this game. Uh, pick a mechanic. I don't like it, but I like it on this game. We'll name That's one. Jerry.
0: Uh, there's only one Rondale game I can think of that I like. I don't have a list in front of me. It's Imperial 2030.
2: Okay. You like Rondales? Yes. Yeah. I like. That Rondell. Okay.
0: I do not like Rondells.
2: There's like literally no other. Not all encompassing, but you like several games that have Rondells in them.
0: That's the only Rondell game I can think of that I like.
2: This game has the two Rondells are the pickup and the deliver.
0: Yes. Very nice. So it's a very much a pickup and delivery game in a weird sense because you are having to get from point A to point B and point A is your trucks where you're having to throw your trucks all the cubes onto your trucks and deliver them. So again, pick up and deliver. I don't like pick up and deliver. <laughs> you like, you go on airways. That's, that's the one that I like. <laughs> I don't like pick up and deliver. Name any other pickup?
2: Uh, I don't have a list in front of me of all of our games that we like. What about brass? That's pick up and deliver. No, it's not. You have coal and iron it, the, and whatever else, it's not, and it's, then you have to
0: deliver it to those ports. thats pick up and deliver. D- brass is not a pick up <laughs> and deliver game. It's I'm just not, no, it it, it's part of it though. No, I'm saying that games where the mechanic is just pick up and delivery, like Wasteland Express. I'm, I'm not going to do this. This is so,
2: it's because even our listeners know Jerry says, I don't like this code, this at mechanic. Okay, I don't know why I'm fighting with you. It's okay. Go ahead. Well, I don't know what your problem is because you're in the No, I just, just no it's just because you like to say... For you like to say, I don't like this mechanic. Well, I don't like, but this I mechanic. like it in this one. Well, I don't like this. You know, it's it's, it's it's humorous at this point in time. It's how not. many times that's been said?
0: It's been said about dice.
2: <laughs> no, you say it about deck building. I don't like. <laughs> deck I don't like deck, deck don't building.
1: Like
0: like deck but building. I love it in this game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, there's I, only a few deck <laughs> building uh, games I, I like. like it is, uh,
1: it's basically a trademark with you. Right it is. Now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> it you, Enrique. <Herica. laughs> it's your deal. I have to. I have to side with him. Thank you. I'm your representative. I know, but like, I need like, you need to know that's not it. Is this like an intervention? This is not the case.
0: I know. I'm serious. I don't like Rondell's. I don't (laughs) like deck delivery. There's only a few deck builders that I actually like. Like these are not mechanics that I enjoy. So
2: this game is very nice. Well, I, I like the you- fact that it has it, it it's an also an engine builder to a degree because you have to run up these tracks that allow you to do more pickupping, more delivering, and when you reset you have to have morale, which you need to do every action other than hire a worker or run up these tracks. You have to do it for picking up, delivering, or building. You have to use morale. So and you and morale goes very quickly. I don't like the fact when you have to use morale. I I hate it. I understand it because it makes games tighter, I guess. The whole, it, it reminds me the resetting of the morale. Okay. I got to spend a turn just to rest. Right. You spend a turn doing nothing. I hate that in games. I see what it does, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. Just like the Manhattan Project game where you spend a turn gathering all your workers back. It's frustrating because it's like, okay, I've got to rest, but while I'm resting, Jerry Enrique is making moves. But uh, that's just, that's, that's a frustrating mechanic to me. I guess you could probably merge that into something else, but I don't know. Uh, but I do like this game that it starts off so tight Like, you can only do one or two things at a time, and you have to take time to build up your engine. In this case, literally, because you're making trucks. You're either upgrading your truck or buying new
0: trucks. So, I don't know where to go with any of that, because you kind of just spitballed everything out there. I'm trying to think of what one I'm going to pick at.
2: I think that... Well, I didn't know when when you were going to give me a chance to start talking, so I just started talking.
0: Uh, Well, you've just... Yeah, whatever.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I spoke.
0: Yeah, No, I'm just saying the morale thing. So your player board, you have a certain amount of morale, and every time you're moving cubes around, you're going down them around, and, and that is a thing. It's like this action selection, and after a point... There are many times where you do not have enough morale. I don't
2: usually like action selection, but I like it in this game.
0: Mm, yeah, well, it's true. Because action selection is generally just a cop-out for worker placement, where instead of just placing something out there, you're just selecting an action and doing it. This morale thing where Gabby's about when you have to rest and reset your morale, the reason I like that, and the reason it works well in this game, is that one of the tracks determines how much morale you get when you uh, rest. And so, of course, the higher up this track you are, the more when you rest, the higher your morale is. And I like that because this game rewards people who plan their moves out ahead so that you utilize all your morale down to hopefully zero, and then you rest. You exhaust yourself. And then you're all the way back. Whereas sometimes you'll have only two or three morale left, but where you really need to expend four (laughs) morale to do the action that you want. And so now basically you have to either do something else or waste your turn. So it punishes players for not thinking ahead.
2: Enrique, have you ever worked so hard you've been exhausted? No. <laughs> He has no concept of morale in this game. He has no
0: concept of time, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Enrique's morale stays the same. It's at an
2: all-time high and stays there.
0: Enrique would be the perfect astronaut. Like, it doesn't matter how long. Like, this trip to Mars could take three years, and he'll be like... Most people would go crazy. But Enrique has no concept of time. Back for three years, he gets on with a pair of underwear and a bag of jerky. It's like... No, like, sir, like, no, you have to. We're going to be on a plane. I'll
1: be just like floating in the spaceship. It's like, I wonder what mom and dad are doing. Oh, look, gummy bears. He's just
0: <laughs> How
2: long have you been here, sir? I don't know. Uh, who it's knows? been
1: seven years,
0: Enrique. Oh, I've been just okay. eating gummy bears. He just kind of missed his drop off.
1: <laughs> it's like, sir, we've been like, you've been missing for five years. Oh, really? It takes two years to get there. What happened? No, you wouldn't be missing
2: because if you're an astronaut, we know what you're doing, what you're up to. You weren't kidnapped.
1: Been lost in space, huh?
0: He's been lost in
1: space. Do we know
2: Who knows? You just took the, the the scenario was realistic up until you said that.
0: No, the scenario <laughs> of Enrique being an astronaut <laughs> was never realistic.
1: <laughs> so, it's just, it's just, let's not, so therefore, you're, let's
0: not get carried away thinking that that was ever a possibility. But. Crescent City Cargo. I digress. Croissant. Croissant. Um, I like biscuits better. Uh, With Crescent City Cargo, I feel like when I was playing this game, at first I was rather frustrated by the fact that it, it seemingly you are so restricted at the beginning. Gobby's true to the point here about this morale thing where it's like every move you're, you need more morale, so you have to rest. So it's like you're skipping your turn. And you really need two or three. You need three cubes, but you can't really get three. You only can get two, and you need another truck. And then, boy, it'd be nice if you could upgrade your truck, but that takes iron, and you have to go over here. And then you want to deliver stuff, but you can't deliver the amount of goods that you need because you're not high enough on this on this track, and you need so, there's, so much.
2: Yeah, so there's all the tracks. The tracks you have to move up on a track to deliver more than. To pick up more than one type of good, you have to move up on the track to deliver
0: more than one good. No, yeah, more than one, more than a certain number of goods.
2: You have to move up on the track to reset your morale higher, enabling you to have more actions. All those tracks are very important. So I'm going to just jump ahead here. I love this game. I don't know how much variability it's going to provide me, but again, with most modern games, we probably won't play it enough to make it even matter. But this is a game that you could hone your skills, you could figure out how to play the most efficiently, but it starts off so tight, and you have to upgrade your trucks. You have to buy a new trucks so that you can hold more cargo. Then you need to be able to move up those trucks so that you can sell the cargo you. And of course, the, the winning system is money. The more whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins. To earn money, you have to sell goods, and there's a variety of what there's, well, a variety. There's three ways to do that in the bottom half of the board. This game is surprising to me in the fact that when we said, when we first opened it,
0: it's not that pleasing to the eyes. Uh, I'll, I'll just say it. So, this this is made by Stronghold Games and Spielworks. Spielworks are the same guys that did uh, Die Mocker. And well, Die Mocker has a very kind of bland color palette, Crescent City cargo, it it looks like exactly what you think cargo would look like. It looks like a dock. There's wooden cubes. This looks like an old Euro game. Yes. Like this is a this is a, a Euro game from ten years ago.
2: It it, it has the same appealing
0: power as Honza Teutonica. Right. And so the rule book is one of those same rule books that spillworks seems to put out that has little bitty font. And it's kind of frustrating to me because the font is just small enough that it bothers me. And it, there's nothing really wrong with the rule book; it's just the organization of it. I don't know who does the rule books, but anyway, the rule books irritate me. Nothing is wrong with the components, like the cards. They didn't skip on the card quality; they all have the good card quality. Everything else in the game, the components are nice. They work. They're, they're all functional, which to me is what encompasses the theme of this game is that you need to make everything function as efficiently as you can which really and I feel like I need to hate on this game more because it does there's 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 nothing about this game that I can point at and say that thing there is one of my favorite mechanics or one of my favorite things this is what I look to in a game this game checks every box about a game that I naturally would not necessarily like. Like the pickup and delivery, the Rondell, the player board with the workers, and and everything about it, kind of the action selection thing, everything about this game, including the artwork and the rule book, are all things that when I look at the game, and when I first opened it and punched it, I thought, this is going to be blah blah this yeah this is this is going to be fine it's going to be fine like this is going to be i'm going to move some cubes around and at the end of the game i'm going to be this was fine brought it over to gobby's me and him played it just two player and about i'd say about 10 minutes in into trying to get my trucks purchased And get them upgraded, and get enough workers, but you can only have like three workers at a time, and you have to hire workers, and that costs either food or money. But money is victory points, and I I need to be able to haul. I need to be able to haul wood and food, but I can't put them in the same trucks.
2: That's what I was going to say. And I need. There's something about. I shouldn't. There's an equation to me that's frustration versus enjoyment of a game because the, every move in this game it can be frustrating i need this i can't hold that amount i need wood and meat i can't haul them together in the same truck it's so restrictive i need another i i, I need to ship this i don't have a guy to ship it with i think there's a correlation between gaming for me Whenever I make a move in a game, I'm excited to make it, and then I realize, crap, I can't make that move. I'm missing one thing. Every time I play a game like that,
0: I seem to enjoy it. Right, and I think what that does is there is a level of entry with any board game where you're mo- when you're making a move, and I, I've referred to it in the past as, as a game that gives me pause, like any game, that I truly enjoy gives me pause where I have to stop what I'm doing and think, I need to play this card or do this thing or get this research. I have to do these various little subplots to get to where I want to go. Brass does that. There's various other Euro games that does that to me where I'm having to stop for a moment and think, how am I going to get this done in Crescent City Cargo? You do that every single turn, and what gets you is that the turns are incredibly fast. It literally, at a two-player game, there is there was no downtime when we played this game two-player. It was literally, Gobby makes a move. And he's, he's picking a cube up, and he's moving this. Okay, now it's your turn. Okay, well, I'm going to deliver that, so I'm going to put this here. Okay, it's your turn. And it was just back and forth, back and forth. I mean, literally seconds between turns. We added Enrique in, and we didn't even explain to him the rules. Like, literally, <laughs> Enrique sat down, and we just started playing. And then halfway through, I remember, like, we haven't really told Enrique what to do. And it's like, okay, Enrique, it's just it's just a basic top Euro thing. You're going to go here, Rondell this. You can move so many spaces for free, but then you've got to use morale to move the guy around, the Rondell Moore in clockwise fashion. You can buy these buildings that give you a special power. You can buy trucks to deliver stuff, and this is what you're doing. This is what gives you points. And Enrique just took off with it. And even then, as we're playing the game, with Enrique not really knowing, the moves were fast. This game is legitimately an hour or less of a game. It, it, it is true to what it says on the, on the package. And your your turns are essentially, what are you trying to do to get points? Well, I'm trying to get this to a train. But to get this stuff to the train, I need to get this onto my truck. Well, how do I do that? Well, I need to get this guy here. Well, I need morale. Okay, well, once I get my morale where it needs to go... I need to get further up on this track so I can get more of it at once so that when I do get it here, I can deliver more of it, thus get more money, thus use that money to hire more workers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And many times you're about to take your turn, you'll look and go, I don't have what I need. Yes. What must I do to get this? And then you start this frustrating yet very enjoyable puzzle Of, I need to go here, I need to go here. And you always need to do two or three different things. And often, while you're playing this game, you will make a move and have to decide, I'm going to not do this right now, I'm going to do this thing. And the thing that I've sacrificed doing, I have to come back three turns later and try to get. Because the rondelle mechanic works in this. Which is why I think... This might be my favorite Rondell, <laughs> um, out of and that's uh, out of all Rondells. Uh, I I hate Ron. I don't oh like Rondells. I don't like Rondells. I I think it's a cheap mechanic of going in a circle. It's and not, it's
2: not a cheap mechanic. It's a mechanism that can be used when, like, as in this case, when when a Rondo is implemented very nicely, it works. It serves its purpose. Right, but but uh, for it being the center point of the game. I mean it's the Rondell can basically just replace an action selection like you said it's like okay I can either go here or here but I if I want to burn some morale then I have more choices so that's most games it just implements it in a different mechanical way what I was going to say is Enrique said at one point towards the end of this game when but it, Jerry won this game, thirty. it was like 36-26-24. We were all within 10 points of each other, 12 points. Me and Enrique, I, I, I lost by $1 to Enrique. Enrique said, I made several bad moves in this game. Yes, you can move inefficiently, I guess you might say. But I told him, you literally cannot lose in a move in this game nothing you do can hurt you you can make it not efficient but whether you're picking up delivering advancing on those tracks I mean I guess the only thing stupid
0: you could do is rest when you don't need to rest so and I'm, I'm glad you brought that point up uh, and that that phrase there that you said about there's you can't make a bad move there's always something you can do that that's true in this game and the reason and I'm about to get in trouble for this, so you feel free for this, and I'll get the hate mail. Okay. So, this game, and I'll emphasize this, I had no expectations for this game. When I looked at it, read it, set it up, I had no expectations whatsoever, other than this probably being very standard, very dry Euro. It is a very dry Euro. It is? This game, though, to me, kills... A certain sacred cow. Lahav. Right on. <laughs> so never played it, but you have. I absolutely could not understand why everybody enjoys La Havre. They play the game and everybody who talks about it says, Well, you buy these little building cards and, and I hated sitting at Lahav with all these bits and pieces. And they said, Well, you can't get blocked. No matter what you do, you can always in this worker placement. You uh, can always go here and get all this stuff. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in regards to a worker placement. The purpose of a worker placement <laughs> is to get blocked. Is to get blocked. You
2: want it to be tight. And like,
0: oh, I couldn't do that. Yeah. What, what can I do now? So, Crescent City Cargo, a very similar theme, with not just a you cannot be blocked. You cannot be blocked. But what happens is. Through other players' actions, they mess up what you need to do. And so, in this game, when someone goes to a warehouse and they take the cubes, a lot of times, they will take all the cubes of that type, and every type of cube out there does something, whether it's make you money for delivering it, or you use food to buy workers, or it runs you up on a track, and so many times... These very finite amount of cubes are in the possession of another player and they do not go back out to the warehouse until those players have used them. And when that player uses those cubes to say to purchase workers or to lit or to deliver, they get to choose which warehouses they go back into if those warehouses are, are uh, below the par level. So you're putting out the cubes in those various warehouses to fill them back up. And that alone messes you up. Because you want everything to kind of be self-contained yeah. and in one thing, and so you. Can Whenever get I
2: it. get a lot of one kind, I don't put them all in there so that Jerry can just pick
0: up all the meat or all the coffee. I try to strafe them through there, right? And so when you do things like that, it purposely works out that sometimes there is a gold mine on the board because as people are buying cubes, other cubes are coming into play, and sometimes a warehouse will have multiple cubes of one item which is that gold mine. Mm-hmm. And you will want to expend all your morale to get to that warehouse to get that so that you can then utilize that for a big payday. That is why the Rondell works in this, where you have to sacrifice so much morale to get to where you need to be and go, I'm I'm going to mess up here another move. It's basically this one move, this one big move is going to cost me like two moves Mm -hmm. because I'm going to use up all my morale to get all these resources. Then I'm going to rest. Now I'm going to go expend and and go out and get, uh, utilize what I've got. That's a neat choice. It's also a neat choice about, and to me, what makes this game positively an example of what, you know, you watch like one of those old movies, like like those nineteen sixty westerns that are masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Like there, there will never be a type of Magnificent Seven. A Magnificent Seven. They can redo it all they want. They'll never, they'll never remake that.
2: Like uh, uh, Chris Pratt is no
0: Steve McQueen. No, you'll never get that. And there's just and there's a lot of these old movies that you'll watch and go. It doesn't matter what they do. No matter what they'll CGI. They'll never remake that. There are a lot of old Euro games, such as Hansa Teutonica, things like that that you play and you go, man, they don't make games like that. Like, they don't really make old Euros anymore that do this type of thing so well. Like, you just basically have to wait on a reprint for this old Euro game to come out. And, and they just don't. It's, it's like a lost art. Every once in a while, though, there is that open range. There's these rare shows that come out that are these. They have the spirit of the old movies, Uh and they have that same quality. And occasionally, you will have a game that come out that that is just that old Euro feeling, and does everything so well that it reminds you that this is... this. Is, if you would have told me Crescent City Cargo was 20 years old... I, I, yeah, sure. I believe it. I believe you. If you would have told me this is an old German Euro game about delivering cargo and giving it some... You know, this is this is Le Havre Cargo. You know, something like that. Some weird place you've never heard of. This is an old European game. I would have believed you. This has the feel of an old Euro game that has been tested and play tested to a point to where the scoring is incredibly tight. And this is what to me makes the game so interesting. There are three particular ways to score in this game. They're all delivering cargo either to a train, either to a shipping container or to an actual ship. And each one of these things represents short, medium or long-term scoring and it's absolutely brilliant. You can take all of one item, and if you're up far enough on the track, you can deliver multiples of these particular goods to a ship, and it will just give you scads of money. Here's a handful of money, which is victory points. That's a great thing to do, but it requires you to be, A, way up on this one track, which takes time, and, B, have the shipping uh, capability of being able to get those resources. The trucks and the time to get those resources, that's a big payout. That's a neat way to score points. The shipping containers, however, just require two of any item for the most part. And when you do that, you get to draw from the in scoring cards. You draw two and pick one. And these things are like a crapshoot. They can give you a lot of points. They can give you very little points. They can give you no points. But they give you a direction to go to score points at the end of the game. It's very nice. The second, The last thing is the trains. Takes one item. You put one of your workers on the train. He's delivered that cargo. And when the train gets full up, you get to score the train. And you get a bonus. Those workers come back to you. Unlike all the other workers in the game, you don't get them back. That's another little caveat about this game when you place your workers out there they are gone when you hire a truck you need a driver that worker is gone when you build a warehouse he
2: stole that truck
0: yeah he's driving that truck when you deliver cargo those workers are on that ship so you have a finite amount of workers that you're always having to buy and put out and put out and put out whereas the guys on the train when they get done loading the train when the train's full they come back to you which is brilliant. You don't get a whole lot of money from the train, but you get to reach into this bag, pull out a chit, and you do this set collection thing of every time you've delivered to a train, you get a railroad token. At the end of the game, if you have matching railroad tokens, they go up in points. That's neat. So it's a gamble, but you also aren't losing a worker, which are incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. So there's three separate ways and to play. the
2: worker's... If you buy workers,
0: workers are the timer of the game. Is there another in-game condition? The train. Okay. When you run out of train cards. And so, at the end of the game, what you find out is that players literally take separate paths to victory. Most of the time, I completely ignore the trains. And I go after the shipping cargo containers because they give me a mission. They give me these two cards. I look at them. I'll select one and go, okay, I will get victory points if I do this thing. I'm going to go do this thing really, really well whereas Enrique and Gabi might have been completely focused on the trains. And each game we've played, I've noticed this divergence where I'm all about either shipping to this thing or you're all about shipping to this thing, and the scoring comes out in the wash. It all comes out really close in comparison to how, when we look back, if you would have just had one more turn, you may have won the game. And I really like that there are three separate ways of scoring that are so well-balanced and so completely different in their presentation that players can literally take a separate path to victory. You can ship one thing at a time on a train and get your workers back and never really worry about having to hire too many workers. I can focus on in-game scoring out of the containers, or I can go for the big money and be putting all my stuff on a ship. I love that. And so, just to say, and again, I think I've already said that this is my favorite um, Rondale. I think this is probably... I don't think this. I'm trying to think off the top of my head here in 2021. Yeah, one of the best games I've played in 2021. (laughs) Um, And it is a old-school feeling Euro. And if you are the type that likes Le Havre or any of these old cube-pushing Euros... By all means, Crescent City Cargo is something you should look at. You probably won't be blown away by its presentation. There's nothing wrong with the components. They're all all the cards and everything out. It's serviceable.
2: Everything's serviceable. The graphic design is blah. It's it's fine. But it serves its purpose. Uh, I agree 100%. I would say this game has the deterministic way of scoring with shipping to the ships and the trains the, the containers is a randomizer. I mean, it, it adds some randomness to the game. It, you might get something you're already into. You might get something that sets you a goal, like Jerry said. That, oh, okay. This is what I need to start shooting for. There's also some variability. People that love variability, v- uh, asymmetrical player powers. You start off with an office that gives you this one advantage in this one area. You can purchase more of those offices. They don't give you any points other than if you spend the time to purchase that office, it may give you a dollar for this contraction, this thing you do in the game. It may give you uh, extra morale for this other thing you do in this game. So it gives you these asymmetrical powers that you can purchase and have that also boost you through the game. It has a little bit of asymmetrical powers, randomness, deterministic points, rondel pick up and deliver, all things that we're generally not crazy about in games. But I love so far. I played We've played it twice, two player, and now three player. I don't. I, I just recorded a, a, a podcast with Trevor Franklin of Cardboard Cave, and we did a two player game thing top 10 two player games. I'm not, I don't like games with really more than three players because it, it just inevitably it's just downtime. I've taken my turn. Then I, the more players I have to wait, but I see this game scaling very well mm-hmm. from two to what's it go up to four, four, two to four. So that's not a whole lot in there, but we played it two players, very nice and quick, three players, very nice and quick, Four players. I'm sure it's the same. You just have to wait for it to get around three other people. But that's almost any game. I just... This is a game... There's not many games that I'm surprised by upon presentation. Like, bam, here's this board. Here's this rather bland board and these cubes.
0: Go have some fun.
2: And wow, I just... (laughs) I'm surprised by this game. Yeah,
0: and I would have... I, again, this is one I would have never... I, I, I kick-started this so I could get... No cap- offense, Jason Dinger. Oh, I, no, just didn't no, ex- no. I
2: didn't expect much from the presentation well, of this I,
0: game. I kickstarted this game so I could get Captains of the Gulf in the Kickstarter. So I just backed them both and thought, oh, I'll see this just because it's interesting. I'll look at it. And I played this by myself several times when I first got it to try to learn it, just set up like I normally do. Before I feel like I can teach a game, I have to sit there and go through the motions. And I was shocked by just little bitty things about it that to me seemed so smart. Like the little player board and hiring your workers. And sometimes, and when you use these workers, they don't come back for the most part. Like they're gone. That's a neat little timer for the game. And the workers go up in price as they become more scarce towards the end of the game. And really, you end up fighting for workers. Buying trucks is finite, and those trucks are what you use to deliver things. And so you have to have a good fleet of trucks, but they require a driver. And then you can use steel to upgrade them and flip them over, and now they can haul a little bit more things. That's a nice touch. There's two little bitty card expansions in the game that I haven't even messed with. And every time you play the game, you mix up the ships and the the trains and the shipping containers. So it's different each and every time. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of variability in this. But I think that anybody who's an old school Euro gamer, medium weight Euro gamer, I am just by all means, if if, if you think Le Havre is good, you need to give Crescent City Cargo a chance. I think this is going to fly under a lot of people's radar. I am shocked so far. I have not heard anybody talking about it. And it definitely in in the realm of of board games that come out and come and go and Euro games that seem to to be more of the same, more of the same, nobody doing anything, you know, different or really mishmashing all these little mechanics, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Crescent City Cargo has a little bit of everything, but it does everything it does. It does it extremely well. This is like a Cajun gumbo thing where you've just...
2: Number thrown. two of a trilogy.
0: Yeah. So I'm looking forward to number three now. And we have yet to play number one. I've yet to play Captains of the Gulf. And so that that's has now moved up on my list of... And the sad thing is, is that when I brought Ca- Captains of the Gulf and Crescent City Cargo I have a very similar box art and cover... I actually thought I brought captains of the Gulf when I came over the copies. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I brought this one. I didn't mean to bring that. I was going to bring, but let's play this anyways because I am I need to get your opinion on it. I'm intrigued so far. And you will bash your head in the first 10, 15 minutes of this game trying to get stuff going. But once that engine gets going, once you get your breath and you start moving cargo around and, and you're making up you're you're making your workers kind of get out there it 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 starts the game it just takes a second to really get going but once it goes boy it goes i am
2: it's a crescent city car go for us uh yeah this is enrique oh yeah he's about to fall asleep over there
1: yeah what are you doing
2: here he's yawning
1: yeah sorry I had to get up at, like, 6 in the morning. I'm oh, sorry. Six, I am six, so sorry. Six, he worked but,
2: a solid two hours so after
0: that. So, scale of 1 to 10. You've only played this game once. I know you haven't had messed around with it, but Crescent City Cargo,
2: what's your thoughts? Hmm. Quickly.
1: A 7. A 7? Seven? 7. A 7, because I first played it. If I played it again...
2: An 8. A 9.
1: A 10! You know what? An 8 or 9 could... So you think that. this is that good. What did you like about it? What I liked about it?
0: Yes, that's what I'd asked. <laughs> what
1: I liked about it? Let's see. That's what I asked again. <laughs> what I
2: liked about it? He's got several personalities to cycle three.
0: <laughs> I have to say, you did good in the game, considering we didn't teach you the game. I just said you can't put like, things that you can't eat. Like, can't hey, go here's into a tr-
1: couple of rules. Just like, play the game. You'll be fine.
0: Yeah, if you can eat it, you can't put it in the that's truck with something ability. you can't eat.
1: Like that's a weird skill that I can somehow learn a game with little to no information and that still is be able to
0: true. play. And you almost beat Gabby. So <laughs> no, like, no, he did beat me. Oh, he did beat. He so did beat have, me. Like, oh, wow. Uh, that's
2: what. That's why Enrique, me and Enrique in learning games are you could not be more polarizing because I require first a talk through. Tell me about the game. No, you don't then I will lose all that information. I require at least three rounds of play before I'm like, oh, okay. But Enrique's like we're just like explaining the game as we're playing it with him and he he gets
0: it. It's
2: like He's like
0: he's yeah, he just he gets it. Enrique's most amazing moment I think was the hour long the hour long instruction I gave on T I four the first time we played it. And then after it was all over to look up and realize he wasn't at the table. He was in the bathroom and then had went and sat down on the couch and had completely ignored the fact that I was teaching the game and then walks over and sits down and goes, oh, what's going on? It's like, no, did were you not here? And he's like, I'll get it, go on. And then proceeds to play TI4 based off of simply just, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and it's like, just, it's like, okay. It's like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's like, okay.
2: You do have an exceptional ability in that regard you, I grant you, you that You could be the chosen one
0: no. You, could you be are like, the one He could be like on Dune. You're Paul Atreides He's the Jizzerak He's <laughs> <With a, laughs> the, the Gizzerak, G- Give G- G- a dog a bone The Jizzerak <laughs> <Vitty> Gizzer- <laughs> The Jizzerak The Yes, the <laughs> Put your hand in the box <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand in that box And how tell me put, Just oh, put your hand in it Don't take it out me. If you take it out, we'll kill you Please. So how do
1: I put my hand in the box If I can't Open the box. You'll
0: feel pain. Put you your hand in did. the box. But I you can't feel pain
1: it. if I can't open
0: the box. I don't know, you, boy. What's wrong with that your makes hand? No sense. Your hand is small. Yeah, he does have small. tiny little fingers. Did you? Yeah. What happened to your fingers? I don't
2: know. That's the trick. Is he appears as if his hands in the box because his hands are so small. The, the Benny The like, <laughs> oh. Benny
0: Jesuit's all right. We have to see if you're the chosen one. Put your hand in the box, and as soon as he gets his hand, it says, why is your hand so small?
1: <laughs> it's like your hand went. It's your, barely his, in there. Your
0: hand is like it won't. What? Yeah, push it further. It, it's
1: like your you, entire arm's if, in there now.
0: You are obviously not the chosen one. The chosen <laughs> one would not have such small hands.
2: Is that a can of Iene Weenies, or are those your
0: fingers? Those are not your hands. Put put go about your business. <laughs> boy those gender acts—they uh, they talk trash. <laughs> the Benny Jesuits. What are they? Benny Jesuit. Benny Jesuits? Benny. Benny. Jack. B E N E. Benny. Benny Hill. Jesuit. Benny Hill. If he became a monk. Benny Jesuits. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Crescent City Cargo is great. And if you're a Euro player, you should play it. And if you like Lahav, you're wrong. You should play Crescent City Cargo and give it a shot. How about that?
1: Benny Hill! It's like you
0: just a Rondell just going around. You. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's, your, that's Enrique playing Crescent City Cargo.
0: Why was Benny Hill... Uh, I'm not even sure what he was good for. I think he was a comedian
2: of his day, but uh, wasn't
0: he really raunchy? It's who, very
2: dated. Was I thinking, very dated who I, material?
0: Who am I thinking of? That was <laughs> very
2: pop, problematic. yes, he always had like these beautiful girls, and then he's like this old, oh, big that, old fat man,
0: yeah. oh Benny Hill. All right, well, that's going
2: to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you want to join the Fantasy League, please email boardgamesnobs at gmail. Uh, Leave us a review on Apple at dot No, not .com. Just boardgamesnobs. Just leave us a review. Send us an email on uh, a book that Enrique can read or a hobby that
1: Enrique can take up. So I can actually put some interesting content. And we'll document it. Perhaps. Who knows? This is Enrique. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.